You're listening to Experience This, a show about the emerging experience economy with your host, Tom Young. Hi, welcome to Experience This. This is Tom Young. I'm here, sitting here with uh, Karen. Hey, how's it going? All right. Hey, so we, we talked about our show last week and we were talking about a visit to New York City. Yes. To do some, uh, check out some experience economy stuff. We had uh, an interesting walk from the Hudson Yards, where your place is, down to the Meatpacking District. And rather than walk or take a cab, on the you know walk on the street and or take a cab. We walked on the High Line, mm-hmm. which is what describe what the High Line is for people who aren't familiar with uh, New York City. Yeah, actually, there's a great description on the High Line's website, and I'm I'm just going to use that. So, a public park that was built on a historic rail line. It's elevated about 30 feet, exactly 30 feet, above the west side, the far west side of Manhattan. So it runs along 10th Avenue um, and goes from about 34th Street. They're actually building an extension right now. So it's going to loop around the, this new uh, mega project that's going on, uh, Hudson Yards. Mm-hmm. And it goes from 34th and it will uh, drop you off right in front of the Whitney Hotel and the Standard which is down below 14th Street, so right in, in meatpacking. So, so it's about a mile and a half long right now. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So we did the walk yesterday, about eight of us. And I would say, at least from my perspective, it was a totally different experience walking through New York on that versus walking on the street. Oh, completely. So, I mean, I think at the street level – just because of all the other chaos that's happening in the city, the horns going off, other pedestrians that you have to fight, which you also have to do a little bit of that on the High Line. The green space along the High Line, the uh, the beautiful buildings, it, I mean, it just changes the experience of that walk. So as people's residents, such as myself, actually use that as a means, a you know, a transportation lane versus the street. So Why this not? is like this is an elevated platform. I'm going to say it's 20, 25 feet wide. Yeah, I think they listed us being, uh, yeah, about 20 feet wide. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and the pedestrian area is maybe 10, 12 feet wide, and then it's surrounded by, you know, landscaping and different projects, art, interesting yes. cutouts where the station drops used to be. Um, but you're above, you know, as you say, the chaos of the city. There's no traffic. Uh, there's no street issues and you're walking along and you, and you, I got a, you get a totally different sense of the building on the West side, which by the way, it's, there were cranes everywhere. There's all kinds of new buildings yeah. and it was old. We saw a lot of old apartment buildings and some really cool new stuff. Yeah. So historically what the city was trying to do is there was a bid for the Olympics so the 2012 New York City uh, Olympic team, um, the committee, um, was trying to get part of the Olympic um, you know, activities to take place there. And so they were going to build a stadium. So they said, we've got this piece of land, we've got a rail yard all the way on the far west side, and we need to do something with it. So they said, let's build a stadium, we'll use it for the Olympics. And then afterwards, they actually wanted to move the New York Jets there. That was the original goal. So fast forward, New York didn't get the bid for the Olympics, 
but they decided to also um, keep intact the plans to kind of rezone and redevelop that area. So Related owns that project, which is now that it's a brand new neighborhood that's being created that's called Hudson Yards. So it, it, the zip code is 13001. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to create another zip code within that, um, but that's the one that exists. But it, So it's the it's, first zip code. Yeah. Right behind the post, post office. office. Yeah, the, the original, first, yeah. the original post office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you live there. I do. Yes. And you like it. I love it. What do you like about it? Um, It's kind of like New Frontier, maybe. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a construction zone right now. So a lot of New Yorkers per se don't want to live there. But if you can deal with the construction and you want to be a part of, um, you know, something that's really cool and exciting and see the transformation uh, while you, for, with a firsthand look at the changes, it's super cool. I mean, it's- So I've been to your place, it's very cool. So you have, uh, I'll say it this way, you have a small private space in your proper apartment, yeah. great views, uh, and a lot of common space. Yes. Which creates a social dynamic within your building. Is that fair? Oh, 100%. I think, and um, we noticed it a little bit on the high line yesterday, I think most of the intent behind Hudson Yards was very thought out into creating a space where New York kind of has communities and neighborhoods, but you don't really associate with people in your building other than if you have to ask them a question or high by. So um, buildings such as the one I live in and new residential buildings plus office spaces that are all being developed are all centered around, you know, r- like reinvigorating this sense of community back into the neighborhood. So I do stuff with seven, eight, nine different neighbors in the building all the time. And the building puts on events, Uh, mixology events, learn how to make sushi rolls, uh, jazz brunch, you name it. it. I liken it to when I was there, it felt like it was a a vertical cruise ship on land. That's a very, very accurate description. (laughs) We had a small living space that's yours. Yeah. And lots of social common stuff. Correct. Not for everybody, but definitely cool. Mm-hmm. Not for everybody. I, I think if you are okay with doing more outside of your uh, living quarters, it's the place for you. If you want big space, um, it's probably not. And it also helps in another thing that we always talk about is the elimination of stuff. Yeah. Like how much shit can you have? Apparently enough to fill a 5,000 square foot house. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. A lot of people out in the suburbs, they have all this stuff because they have all this room yeah can't do it in new york not in your situation Mm -hmm. and they um you know and uh, the building that i live in is part of also what's being um called now as uh, hudson yards is being labeled as a smart city so how where you know the role that technology is going to play in this so the connectivity of oh the subway is going to be here in 10 minutes now you can plan out when you need to wrap things up and catch the train um you know there'll probably be integration with whole foods that's opening whole foods is opening one of its largest locations over there so the data points that there be will uh gather and you'll be able to use that information it's going to be very cool so we walked down, um, it, was, it took us about 
It took everybody else 20 some minutes, took us about 30. <laughs> yeah. So we fell behind the group. Uh, and we, they all, we were going down to the Starbucks roastery. But you and I kept stopping and looking at different things. It was interesting just to see, for me, how much residential building was going up along ostensibly what is 10th Avenue between uh, Chelsea, which is the area just below the Hell's Kitchen, all the way down to the Meatpacking District, which is around 14th Street. A lot of building. Yeah, and you have some big name star architects as they're <coughs> called in the industry. So, for example, Zaha Hadid has a, a, a beautiful building um, that has gone up there. There's a couple of other big architects. I, I was struck by that building. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that we're walking by and we stopped and we looked in the windows and it's like they have these floor to ceiling windows that you can look right in these apartments. And the bathrooms are right there. So there's like a bathtub right there on display. Now, we didn't see anybody taking a bath. but Yesterday we didn't, no. Not yesterday, <laughs> but I'm sure that's happened before. But it was you also, if you live there, you have to be okay with that kind of, uh, you have a view, but people have a view of you. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like living in a fishbowl. In some ways it is. Or maybe people feel like it's a way that you live indoors, but you're, it's integra integration of the outside and inside. So it's it's a glass pane that's there. But imagine if you're sitting in a bathtub and you've got a beautiful view of, uh, you know, green. Because greenery is also difficult to find in a lot of cities. Um, so if you're looking down on the High Line, um, it's almost like you're in a little bit of yeah. a tropical tropical paradise in your bathtub. Now, so you've probably been on the high line. So we, it was uh, fairly cold yesterday, mm -hmm. you know, but, maybe, but it was nice for a walk. It was, you know, maybe 40 degrees. Yeah, it was lovely. So we, we must have hit it at the perfect time. There was, there was people there, so it was a little bit of buzz, but it wasn't crowded. I imagine on a beautiful spring or summer day, that place is packed. Is that true? Oh, it's rammed. If yeah. you come on the weekends. Yeah. Um, the experience, which is also part of the experience, the experience that we had yesterday was really nice because it enabled us to stop along the way. There are times when you are, you know, you've got elbows in your back because people it's are too moving much, around. Right? Yeah. Yeah. This it tells you that people want more of that. They do. Yeah. Yeah. So the High Line, um, uh, I believe the numbers are that it gets around 7.4 million visitors a year. Wow. So it's quite a lot. What was that thing that we did at the end of our walk back? It was like a shell that moved. What's that called? Yeah, so that's part of the, the part of Hudson Yards. It's called the culture shed. So one of the things that's going to be in there is actually uh, New York Fashion Week. So they'll have some shows in there. It's a mixed-use space. So it's a roof that is retractable and on wheels. So you'll be able to pull it uh, back and use it as an outdoor arena, or you can pull it forward for you know in case of the weather or if the event requires a closed space. But it's a great use of you know just being able to retract. Yeah, so we walked out on the extension that goes out to the uh, the Hudson River, mm -hmm. and uh, the, we could see the rail yards that were you know. Uh, and they're going to put another huge building right on top of the rail yards. Yeah, so it looks like there are going to be 16 structures in total that are going to go up in that area. And it's a $20 billion project. So it's the largest private real estate development that's happening in the U.S. right now. 
Really? Yeah. Well, it's changing the skyline for sure. Yeah, which is also another insane thing, right? I mean, when was the last time that the skyline of the city really changed? And when you're driving into the city, you see iconic buildings like World's Trade. You know, you've got um, Chrysler Building and Empire State. But now you're going to have all these other skyscrapers that are part of the new skyline being redefined. And I believe Central Park South is also has a lot of buildings on the uh, drawing boards. Yes. Like there's one... Apartment building, I, I think it's on 57th, around there. I'm not exactly sure where it is. It's a really tall, but it's taller than the Empire State Building, it looks like. Yeah, and that's a, re- that's a resident, private residential building yeah. where the penthouses are going for something like, I don't know. 50 eight, million. Yeah, like upwards of 50 million. It's yeah, but insane. it's only five bedrooms. Correct, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's it, but it does change the skyline because you see that and you're like, wow, that's a pretty, that's a really big building. But we're going to see lots of changes Wondering where, you know, what's the draw? What do you think the draw is to that area? To um, Hudson Yards or around yeah. around the well, High Line and green spaces? I mean, I know, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. It was just, it, to me, it felt like, it just it just felt like electric. It felt like a buzz there. It felt like a, there was a draw and an energy walking around there. Like, it, it, it was... Definitely much more, to me, it was much more appealing. I go to New York all the time. Uh, walking on the Highland changed, to me, the the nature of the relationship that you had to the buildings around it. Even the old buildings looked, you looked at them differently than, than on the street. You kind of just ignored them. Now, maybe over time, because it was the first time I'd walked on the Highline for that length. We walked almost the whole length of it. But I'm just wondering, what do you think the draw is? I think part of it is the experience of that walk. So along that walk, you have, it's, you're walking through gardens uh, at one point, which they weren't open yesterday because of the weather. There's restaurants that um, almost an an outdoor beer garden type of venue, which exists under uh, the old, one of the old platforms. There's that. There are different food vendors that take place. There is a man that you and I stopped and chatted with who's been there for eight years. Uh, he does it on his own. He's not a park employee. He basically brings um, tiles and coloring paint and uh, paintbrushes and you can color. And he says, you know, come up and and join in. So it's great. I, I think it just creates this immersive experience to be, you're kind of a, walking through and a part of the buildings, you're part of the structures, if I'm articulating that correct, versus walking down on the street and not so really let, being in let, it. Let me, let me say it a certain way. I don't want to put words in your mouth, so just feel free to object if it's not exactly right. But I use the term, your building, you're at the Eugene, is like a vertical landship. I'm a vertical cruise ship, right on land, right. So, uh, you have small living space, but then you have a you know communal space. So, you, your paradigm is the Eugene is your home, not just the apartment that you're in. Is that fair? A hundred percent. Okay, so now it feels to me like when they build out the rest of the Hudson Yards area, all the way down the west side, down to the Meatpacking District, that. Your paradigm of where your home is is going to extend beyond the building into the neighborhood. Is that? Would you think that that's a fair characterization? Yeah. I, so as you have these concentric circles, your private space. Now, you and your husband live with you and your sister, and uh, your sister and her uh, 
fiance, right? So for in a, in a two bedroom apartment. So mm-hmm. even for a lot of people, that's too close, right? So you have these concentric circles of space. You have your personal space, then you have your apartment with the living room and shared kitchen and bath uh, uh, living room, and then it goes out to the common space. And now it's going to go out one more circle to your neighborhood. Yes. And do you, do you see it that way? I totally. I okay. think that the neighborhoods are becoming an extension of, yeah, again, back to the whole sense of community. You, the neighborhood is the community now. Going to the restaurants, um, you, you know, just having this very l- local scene and being immersed and plugged into it. And I think the engagement is really high. So, and again, this goes back to the premise of our discussions that we're having around the experience economy is that I think, you know, one of the premises I would have that people are going to want to start to live in a more social way. So if you live out in the country or live in the suburbs, you live somewhat isolated. Yeah. You may live on a street. You may not know all the people on your street. That's maybe quite common. Because you go in your house and you have huge house, you can do all kinds of things, and then you get in your car and you drive and you go somewhere and you're you're in isolated conditions. Whereas, whether you live in Hudson Yards in Manhattan uh, or in different urban areas, you get a different sense of a social side of living. Yeah, and so and and the beauty of it is, I think that you can opt in as you want to, and if you're not feeling it, you don't have to go which is great as well. And I, I also think companies such as um, Brookfield, who owns the Eugene, you know, they even have a dedicated concierge whose sole job is to help the residents have memorable experiences while they're there. So, you know, even they're in on it and they're trying to promote that culture. So it, it's cool. It's, it's all goodness all around. Yeah, so, so I want to ask you one last thing. So you, you've lived there for about a year and a half? Yeah. Okay, and, you, and no regrets? None. Yeah. Uh, my rent increased <laughs> quite a bit from my old place, but the payoffs uh, have been, uh, I mean, it's just fabulous. And you think of all the prior places you've lived, it's, no, it's, it's the best place you've ever lived? Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. By far. Yeah. By and far. so uh, it, it's not accessible for everybody, you know, but it, it's probably the more exclusive areas of the uh it's expensive to live in manhattan and within manhattan this is an expensive place to live so uh but the the aspects to me of what makes your living arrangements in that whole area all the way out to the neighborhood that we experienced yesterday is the 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 social side of it yeah it's all centered around yeah it really plugs into the social piece of it and so then we we stumbled into, and we'll talk about this on our next show. We stumbled into we got off at the meatpacking district. Yeah. Which is at the end. Yes. Right. And as we started to look around, we started to see that a lot of businesses are designing their business models around the experience economy, particularly in the meatpacking district. Yeah. In a two-block radius. I mean, you and I saw it yesterday. So we were looking for the Starbucks uh, uh, roastery. Yeah. And uh, we bumped into several places along the way. Mm-hmm. So we got off around the Standard Hotel, yep. which is at 14th Street. Yeah. So we uh, we got off right just uh, about um, – we got off at 14th, exactly, right. and walked down. And right there is 
a few cool places like the Samsung shop. We end up going there later. Uh, but there's a candy. What's that place? The the sugar store? Or? Oh, the sugar factory. The sugar factory. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, the beer garden. Yeah. With another another interesting place tied into the, that's under the high line. Mm-hmm. Right. And they just put some plexiglass around <laughs> to keep it warm. Yeah. But then as we were walking over, uh, we saw this Lexus. Intersect oh. by Lexus. Oh, intersect by Lexus. Yeah. So we're like, what the hell is that? <laughs> and we're already late. Everyone's calling us like, where are you? We've been here. We're, we're hungry. And, uh, you know, we, we were probably 10 or 15 minutes behind them by this, this point. So we, got, we went into this place called Intersect. And it was a joint venture between some catering or entertainment company and Lexus. There's this cool Lexus concept car in the lobby. But they had a coffee shop, a bar, and a restaurant. Yeah, all, all within the building. And centered around... Alexis branded luxury experience. Yeah. So we didn't get the tie-in at first, right? So when I walked in, I knew, okay, so they're trying to do something really cool with Lexus, but it wasn't clear off the bat because the car was on display. The place was luxurious. It was very well uh, decorated, Um, but you couldn't get you know, you couldn't get it off the bat. But we did talk to the staff and, you know, they told us it's all about opulence and luxury. So I, so when we talk about the scale of the experience economy, because we're going to talk about yeah. Starbucks Reserve next, who have nailed it, there's also some room. I think people are all headed directionally there. Yeah, I didn't but, feel that. I, I, it was interesting what they did there. All well done. Yeah, definitely. But I don't think their staff was well versed in the, what they were trying to accomplish from a business perspective. And that's a big piece of the journey. And we right. noticed the difference right away from there, we too. Sure, we sure did. But we'll go back to that place and check it out a little bit more. It yeah. was pretty pretty interesting. They had rotating chefs come in. and just. Uh, I think that what they were really trying to do is associate Lexus and luxury and just reinforce that yep. connotation. And, and you went into the bathrooms that were with the, the automatic yeah, doors. that was, I, you know, that was something. It was, it, it, it was the, the doors slide open and you just walk right in front of them and it was uh, very, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, it, you'd hate to say you'd eat off the bathroom floors, but it was, it was like that clean. It was all white. It was, it was really something. Something, you would expect you would expect like a Lexus luxury bathroom to look like, yeah. But, but anyway, I was just no, but, but we noticed it was. We saw these a couple of places, and then we passed uh, Restoration Hardware on the way there, on the way to Roastery. But you see, we're not we're not the only ones thinking about this. Other firms are doing this, and that Lexus project they said they'd had place uh, was in uh, Dubai and Tokyo. Dubai and Tokyo. Yep. And this place took them about two years to get concepted out and built. So people have been thinking about this for a while. Uh, and that's why the purpose we're doing this podcast is to get a give people a, a new sense of appreciation of new business models and ventures that really drive an experiential-based consumption model. Mm-hmm. So what are you, you're buying the experience. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about it more in our, our, some specific things we did. We visited three places, and we'll talk about that in our next show. Sounds great. All right, thanks. Talk to you All soon. Right, bye. Hey, this is Karen Bajwa. Thanks for checking out the show today. If you like what you heard, head on over to our website, rumjog.com. 
If you happen to be in the New York or New Jersey area, come check out our meetup called Digital Disruption. We cover topics like you heard today with a live audience. Lastly, don't forget to follow us on social media using the handle at Rumjog. Talk to you soon.